You are listening to the Health and Wellness Connection Podcast, the number one wellness podcast designed to provide the latest information to help you achieve your health and wellness goals. Our show features exciting guests, the latest in medical research, and in-depth discussions in current trends on weight loss, nutrition, and fitness. No matter what your interest, the Health and Wellness Podcast has you covered. And now, presenting your illustrious host, Dr. Barry, M.D. Hello, 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 and thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. I want to thank you for being a faithful listener and checking us out every week on Afro Vibes Radio. But hey, if you somehow don't get a chance to check us out Thursdays, 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on Afro Vibes Radio, please don't hesitate to check out our podcast page. That's anchor.fm backslash HW Connection. That's H-W-C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. Again, check us out on our anchor.fm podcast page. Check out all the shows uploaded there immediately after the show airs on Afrovibes Radio. Also, if you want to listen to the show live on Afrovibes Radio, please download the app, afrovibesradio.com. You can download it from the, the website or go to your local or favorite, sorry, mobile OS app, be it Android or iPhone. Download the app on your phone today. You can stream the show as well as the awesome Afrobeat music collection live on your phone for free. Again, no money down, all free, all awesomeness. Do it today. Again, um, if you want to reach out to me personally, you can always get at me on Instagram. Um, my uh, name, Dr. Barry MD, D R B A R R Y M D. Also, you can email me at Dr. Barry Health at gmail.com. That's Dr. Barry, D R B A R R Y H E A L T H at gmail.com. And last but not least, Facebook is also where we're at, posting all the shows as well as other exciting articles. Check us out at www.facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. Again, please uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners. Any feedback, any even sponsorship opportunities, because we are um, very highly listened podcast. Always looking for sponsors. Check us out if you're interested in sponsoring the show. And also, you can do it on the Anchor FM page. You can donate, become a super sponsor. We're going to get a lot of cool freebies for those people who do sign up. So check us out again. It's Dr. Barry here. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the show. Hello, hello, guys, and welcome back to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast. This is your host, Dr. Barry here, host of the show, and have been hopefully trying to get you guys some great information regarding your health and wellness. First, I want to give a shout out to our uh, people who are helping us spread the, the word, Afro Vibes Radio. I want to thank you guys for uh, broadcasting the show again every Thursday, 4 p.m. Of course, you can check us out on Facebook, Active Community out there on facebook.com backslash next level weight loss. And last, you can also reach me on Instagram at DrBerryMD. So again, guys, today's show is just all about... Um, just some of the latest info regarding the coronavirus, as well as some new research on the horizon that may actually potentially affect how we approach this um, infection, as well as our overall health and wellness. So let's just talk about the basic numbers. Um, coronavirus infections are still growing all over the globe. Approximately 13.7 million people have been re- 
recently diagnosed with the coronavirus um, with about 587,000 deaths globally. So a lot of people still um, being afflicted with this illness throughout the globe. Um, now, despite the 13 million who have had the illness, approximately 8.1 million people have recovered. So yes, this is not a death sentence and a lot of people are recovering, but uh, we're going to talk more about the recovery process as well this show and some of those long-term effects that we're starting to see in patients and some of the potential ramifications of some of these long-term issues that we're starting to see in some of these quote-unquote recovered patients. Now, um, now, we said 13 million globally, but of course, if we break it down, we see by country, we see the United States is still far and away the leading country when it comes to new coronavirus infections. Approximately 71,000 new cases were just diagnosed as of yesterday. This is again, uh, July 15th, or when the show is being recorded. I mean, sorry, July 15th, when the show is uh, being recorded. And it seems that a lot of people are still coming down with illness in the United States. 71,000 people in the, in the USA um, were just diagnosed. 1,000 deaths um, were declared after um, yesterday. So it's definitely a, a big deal here in the United States. Coronavirus is still raging quite um, quite aggressively all across the nation. Now, um, there's been a lot of flack for states like Florida and Texas, which have been seen as some of the new epicenters in the coronavirus pandemic currently ongoing in the United States, um, primarily because the political landscape has heavily influenced some of the policies that have been allowed to be enacted. For instance, we talked about how Florida and Texas were criticized quite heavily due to the fact that they reopened their states earlier than was recommended by the CDC and so forth. And many believe that this is what led to these surging cases. Now, we all know that Texas and Florida were kind of on the slow end of new cases, but as um, the cases have have has, sorry, as the pandemic has progressed, the cases in those states, particularly Florida and Texas, have surged so much so that they're now three and fourth when it comes to um, coronavirus cases in the United States. Again, Texas gets about 12,000 new cases um, as of just yesterday um, and new deaths, 154. Um, so a lot of people still dying from this illness in Florida and Texas. But another state that has actually tried to work hard to really combat the coronavirus by instituting shutdowns and instituting mandatory mass usage is also having a hard time dealing with the coronavirus. And that is California. Uh, approximately 10,000 new cases were just diagnosed with 126 uh, new deaths. And uh, these numbers are pretty impressive because uh, California's actually worked hard to try to follow the guidelines. But however, it seems as if they're still having trouble getting a grasp on this pandemic. But, you know, it's really something that's not unique to California. Many states all across the country have new surges in um, cases despite um, efforts as far as mandated mask wearing and social distancing efforts and shutdowns and so forth. So it's kind of a uh, really... Um, mixed bag of uh, kind of how this virus is spreading and a lot of people are getting more frustrated in determining whether or not um, we're doing the correct thing as far as how we're controlling um, you know people in this um, space to help reduce the spread of the virus so um, you know so United States is still going through a lot of political um, wrangling as a result as well of this virus uh, Trump has been very very vocal regarding how he feels that we should stop counting the virus so much so that he's actually required hospitals to report information regarding the coronavirus directly to the White House as opposed to the CDC. So 
Um, it's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, controversy as a result of that new proclamation, and many hospitals and other groups are starting to figure out ways to, um, you know, prevent this from happening to help reduce uh, a potential inaccuracy in how the cases of coronavirus are tabulated. So um, it's definitely getting real United States regarding the coronavirus. People should definitely try and stay safe and try to avoid um, out go going out to help reduce further spread of the virus. Now, that's just the United States. Um, yes, the US, U.S. is still definitely number one. However, other countries are also having surges of the virus that is causing quite a bit of issues in their respective nations. One of the re most recent uh, countries that we talked about was Brazil. Um, Shouts out to my Brazilian listeners. Uh, Brazil definitely um, having a lot of issues with the virus as well. We talked about how Bolsonaro has been very, very anti um, anti-virus as far as believing it. It's real, you know, promoted the whole it's a fake hoax um, angle and therefore didn't really allocate many resources. Now, of course, that, you know, has been uh, tried to be fixed. Bolsonaro recently was mandated to wear a mask by his local government uh, judicial system. And so um, they're starting to now allocate resources to help fight the virus. Um, that being said, Brazil still has a long way to go. Um, like I said, they're no number two country behind the United States when it comes to new infections and uh, total infections. They have about 1.9 million cases that they've um, diagnosed with. About a thousand, um, sorry, not a thousand. They have actually more than that. About 30, about 40,000 new cases every day and about a, a thousand deaths per day. So they're still definitely in the throes of it. India, another country with a lot of issues with the virus, like we said, um, about just just under a million uh, total cases of the coronavirus with about 30,000 new cases per day and about 600 deaths per day. So they're definitely, you know, heading in the wrong direction. Um, you know, Indian government has tried to uh, begin instituting some policies to help reduce um, virus spread, including they and they've you know been shutting down a lot of travel, uh, a lot of public is, uh, places, uh, but still they're having trouble controlling the virus. So hopefully the uh, Indian government is working hard to reduce some of the uh, ways that the virus has been spread. Russia, another country that has a lot of issues dealing with the virus as well, despite um, early um, good numbers, um, about seven hundred fifty thousand people have been uh, diagnosed there in Russia. And they're averaging <clears throat> about 6,000 deaths per day. So, um, so 6,000 new cases with about 150 new deaths. So assuming those numbers are accurate, you know, they're definitely, you know, getting bigger, even though their overall numbers are still relatively small. Um, African continent, we have South Africa, 300,000 cases total, about 12,000 cases per day uh, with about 100 or so deaths documented uh, per um, their, their uh, numbers. So um, it's definitely, um, you know, something that's spreading now the politics have also played a huge role in how you know we're responding to the virus we, we discussed the mask issue that was really a hotbed of debate uh, so much so that many counties have decided to make it official as far as making it um, a requirement based on uh, the law to wear a mask um, and those who don't comply could potentially be at risk of getting fined or even going to jail. Now, most states or, or city uh, governments are not trying to put people in jail, but they've threatened that they will do it for those who are, um, you know, ins insistent on not wearing a mask. And while wearing a mask may seem like, you know, a, a small inconvenience to some, others are seeing it as a huge insult and a very oppressive mandate that apparently is incompatible 
with uh, someone who wants to be free and <laughs> free and uh, you know patriotic. So it's a it's it's uh, you know I think a bit excessive or a bit um, you know, um, extreme as far as that position. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people who believe that. So it's been um, a very important uh, aim of the CDC and other health bodies to kind of encourage mass usage and to make sure that people understand the importance of mass usage despite the inconvenience that mass usage brings. So um, we're going to keep following the uh, politics obviously just because it's affected the health policy so much and it's you know potentially going to cause some long-term issues if the wrong moves are continued to be made. So let's keep keep an eye on that. Uh, the numbers are still there but you know we're going to hopefully with uh, with more concerted effort we're going to hope that we get this turned around in the right direction. Uh, many countries who have you know, got a grasp on it are having a small resurgence in cases. But I think the United States still has yet to grasp or corral that initial massive you know, infectious risk. So it's definitely something we're going to be watching, like we said. Um, hopefully, um, you know, everything will improve. But we are getting predictions now that uh, it's believed that the fall season is going to be a disaster. Uh, just because of the surge of these infections here in the summer, many health professionals are believing that the fall, which is traditionally when many respiratory issues are commonplace in the populace, especially when it comes to flu and strep throat and other uh, coronaviruses that can cause cold and flu symptoms, um, those illnesses are naturally more prevalent in the fall, primarily because of people being around each other more closely and there's um, you know less... Um, spacing just because of the, the extreme colds people are usually indoors close to one another a lot of times so that can facilitate the spread of illness uh, with the coronavirus being so extremely contagious um, many health experts believe that uh, the fall will be a very very difficult time due to the extremely high rate of infections and illness so we're going to talk about some of the things that you know we're looking at as far as how we're going to approach this uh, overall pandemic regarding new treatments uh, some updates on some of the new um, results that we're seeing regarding patients who've had the coronavirus and some of their long-term effects. And uh, we're going to, you know, talk about some of the other things that are affecting patients with the coronavirus infection and see whether or not we need to be concerned. Um, again, uh, this is Dr. Barry here with the Health and Wellness Connection. Stay tuned, guys. We got a little more, actually a lot more information for you. Should be exciting. Hello, guys, and welcome back. It's Dr. Barry here with the Health and Wellness Connection podcast slash radio show. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us. So we're talking about some of the other uh, issues regarding this whole coronavirus pandemic. And um, the first thing I want to kind of really talk about that hasn't really got a lot of attention are the potential for long term symptoms from those who recovered from the virus, meaning they tested negative. Um, some recent uh, research has come out um, showing that there was a study of people who looked at um, about 143 patients. Now, first off, the study uh, comes out of the Journal of American Medical Association, um, JAMA, which is a very popular article uh, or uh, very popular peer-reviewed uh, research article where you know they have been discussing some of the latest issues regarding coronavirus and some of the recent uh, pandemics. Now, this one studied some patients from Rome, Italy, and they looked at 143 patients who were previously hospitalized, but um, they, you know, were able to come out okay and they, you know, survived, quote unquote, and they're now stable. But they noted that out of these patients, 143 patients, 
87% had at least one persistent system two months or longer after the initial onset of the infection. And, and uh, this is again, two months or longer, and this is a month plus after discharge, still having symptoms of, uh, and it varies. Some were having cough, some were feeling shortness of breath, some had chest pain, some had palpitations, some had muscle aches. So it was very concerning because these are also the same patients <clears throat> who tested negative but still had these symptoms. Now out of these patients that we mentioned earlier of, of the 143 patients total that were looked at, only 12% of the patients were completely free of any symptoms. So truly only 12%, like about 15, 16 people out of the 143 people were truly feeling as if they were completely back to normal, which is pretty, pretty significant. The fact that so, so few people of the group actually felt normal despite this quote-unquote flu-like viruses people like to label it as so you know it's very concerning also out of those 143 patients 32 percent of patients had one or two symptoms and 55 percent had three or more symptoms this is again two months out of the illness so uh, it's really concerning and if and the symptoms are not like why they sound like you know well they're alive they're doing okay it's no big deal symptoms included chest pain fatigue shortness of breath chest, I mean, joint pain, and just overall, you know, relatively significant symptoms. 44% um, of these patients felt their quality of life was much worse. So uh, again, these are quote unquote recovered, you know, uh, coronavirus patients. So people don't understand that, you know, this illness is really not like anything we've seen in this area before, where people can have a flu-like illness, but then have persistent symptoms for months. Um, and this also leads to concerns of the whole reactivation phenomenon where people who get sick, they'll recover and then all of a sudden they'll spike fevers out of the blue and start to have, you know, positive test results again because they believe the virus has reactivated. And this is uh, leading to a lot of concern as far as long-term management of these symptoms. And it's also the reason why people have really been pressing for the coronavirus vaccine. Now, many vaccine companies, like we said, that we have previously stated, are really been working hard to help create a vaccine. There's literally hundreds of companies at this point. Now, there's been some big companies here in the United States that have really been considered the forefront of this vaccine research. And one of the biggest companies that have made uh, waves in the news lately was Moderna. Moderna is a company that has been, um, you know, really aggressively creating a vaccine. Um, out of some of the potential DNA or mRNA to be exact uh, from the virus to create their vaccine. Now, um, their virus, uh, their vaccine, sorry, is in phase three currently, meaning that they're about to include uh, a cohort or a group of 30,000 people in their study. The, the previous phase that is completed, phase two, they only had 45 people. So, uh, you know, a lot, lot uh, of uh, potential room for know really exploring if this vaccine is dangerous if it's safe with this new phase three and so but the good thing that people have been noticing with the completion of phase two for this new vaccine moderna is creating is that um, it's been very effective at creating antibodies which is what is believed to be needed to truly give someone immunity to the virus um, the, the first um, results from their phase two trials from their new vaccines did show that there was extremely high levels of crossover from no antibodies to antibodies and everyone who received the vaccine. Um, now, people have also brought up concerns regarding these new antibodies that have been created from these vaccines because we're not sure exactly how long 
an, an of immunity you will get from the virus due to its high levels of what we call what we call mutation uh, rates meaning the virus mutates quite a bit um, during its uh, propagation cycle and some people believe that while the immunity may be effective initially uh, it, it will tendly, it will tend to fade quickly because the virus itself is mutating and antibodies may not be as effective as they were initially. Furthermore, there's been also research showing that there's potential that the antibodies may be fading away sooner than expected. Um, it's believed that the, some antibody tests are showing them decreasing after only two to three months from being created. So imagine um, you getting a vaccine uh, in you get a vaccine or the infection actually like in march and by july your antibodies have decreased to the point so where you may actually be at risk of reinfected getting reinfected by the virus so um you know there's still a lot of research that needs to be done regarding these vaccines and the antibodies and whether or not we are truly getting immunity and if we are how long are we getting it for it's believed that the vaccine even if even if it's successful will probably be required to be having to be taken regularly every eight to 12 months just to ensure that you're able to get continued immunity from the potential um, you know, viruses that are out there. So it's a very controversial um, area, obviously, and a lot of companies are trying to create um, this kind of magic vaccine, if you will, that will help protect people. But, you know, it's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and many people are still very skeptical of the vaccines in general um, due to a lot of historical issues. But, you know, we're going to keep following the story and we're going to see kind of exactly where these results are headed toward. And hopefully, you know, we'll get some good information that we can share uh, very soon. So one thing also we talk about regarding the coronavirus and some of the long term symptoms is other areas that have been affected by patients who've, you know, become sick with the virus. We all know about the lung issue. People get short of breath and they have these uh, infl inflammation of the lungs causing them to have trouble breathing. But one area that's also been seen to be quite um, susceptible to damage from the virus is the kidneys. Many people who get the coronavirus infections tend to also get kidney kidney damage. Actually, not infections. They actually have inflammation in the kidneys, causing the kidneys to shut down. People are also developing renal failure from severe coronavirus infections. Uh, you know, I've seen this in my practice, and there's many also. Um, examples of this being described in various case reports and studies. So um, because of this, it's been very concerning for those who are at risk for kidney problems or who have kidney problems because it's believed that uh, the coronavirus can actually damage the kidneys to the point where you may actually need, um, you know, external kidney help like dialysis to ensure that, you know, you don't have any significant complications. Um, so yes, the coronavirus is definitely, definitely something unique. Um, and it's something that we need to continue monitoring because we don't know how you know it's going to affect people in the long term. And this is part of the reason why there have been so much push toward reducing spread of the virus, trying to limit you know the virus from really getting out of hand. Because you know if it starts causing all sorts of injuries to random kind of organs all over the country, you know it could definitely overwhelm the health system, which it's already doing in many parts of the South. So you know take this virus seriously, guys. Coronavirus is not a joke. And we want to make sure that, you know, people aren't, um, you know, overly exposed to the virus um, because we don't know the long term, the long term effects. You know, it's definitely something that is still being closely managed and studied.
Hello, guys. So last but not least, uh, there's another study I want to discuss that's definitely uh, getting some attention. It shows that uh, those who have had the COVID-19 infection, um, those who were placed on mechanical ventilation actually see, have, saw a lot more lung damage than those that weren't. I know there was a lot of clamoring regarding the number of ventilators available and how we have a critical number of ventilators and we need more ventilators. It seems like the ventilators could be playing a role in the lung damage we're seeing in certain patients. Um, you know, one thing I've seen in my own private practice and talking with colleagues, you know, they stated that patients would come in with low oxygen levels, mid 80s, um, but they actually didn't look that distressed. But because of the low oxygen levels, they want to put patients like that on a breathing machine because, you know, typically anyone below 90 is uh, there's a concern of respiratory failure, so they'll need some help. However, it seems that patients who have coronavirus tend not to do that well once placed on the ventilator machine. Uh, mainly, they believe that the nature of the actual lung inflammation, it actually results in increased lung damage when patients are on the ventilator, as well as longer hospital stays. Um, they said that in a study that we're referencing today, it showed that out of uh, 600 patients that were analyzed who had been on the res respirator machine, um, they developed severe barotrauma, like punctured lungs, bruised lungs, and so forth. So it's definitely um, a concerning trend. Um, this has actually led to um, people who come into the hospital, um, them actually not getting intubated as frequently as they were previously. So, you know, something that in critical care doctors are looking at closely uh, is another thing with this uh, SARS-2 infection that is really confusing and confounding clinicians. Uh, most patients who have severe pneumonia, they get put on the breathing machine, they immediately, immediately do, they do better. However, patients with coronavirus tend to get worse once they get ventilated. So a lot of things that need to be figured out. But one thing we're realizing is that intubation is not a perfect solution as it is in many other respiratory ailments. So um, something we're just following, guys, again, that's pretty much it today. We're going to talk more about some of the upcoming research as well as upcoming uh, cures and, and um, other uh, breakthroughs regarding this whole pandemic. So stay tuned for that. We'll make sure to bring it to you ASAP. Again, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, stay tuned because we have more fire next week as well as great, great guests coming up. Again, it's Dr. Barry of the Health and Wellness Connection podcast slash radio show signing out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Health and Wellness Connection podcast and radio show. For more information on ways to get healthy, please check us out. www.anchor.fm forward slash HW Connection. Here you can re-listen to the show, check out older shows, and even further support the show by becoming a subscriber to the podcast. Please check us out today. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash HW Connection. And also, don't forget to follow Dr. Barry on Instagram at drbarrymd. Until next time, stay healthy.